All right, folks, welcome to a special edition of John Solomon Reports, the Monday edition of John Solomon's Reports. Now, we don't normally do it on Mondays, but we have some big stories that my colleague Seamus Bruner uh, broke on Friday after our last podcast and again this morning, and we've decided to bring him in. He is, as you know, the co-author on my book, uh, our book, Fallout, um, uh, Nuclear Bribes, Russian Spies, and the Washington Lies and Enriched the Biden and Clinton dynasties. And uh, his work continues to blossom and grow. He's got a great story about Russian money around the orbit of Hunter Biden and Joe Biden. And then he broke a story Friday about the muscle, the people that were working in the Detroit Election Center when a, a former city official or a current city official says she saw irregularities in the vote count. So did many um, observers. Uh, he broke both of those stories. They're great, classic gumshoe investigative work by one of the great investigative reporters, my colleague, Seamus Bruner. We're going to have him on in just a second to tell you exactly what he found. We think these stories are explosive. They're important. They move the ball forward on both the Hunter Biden enrichment schemes and uh, the uh, questions about the integrity of the 2020 election, particularly as it relates to the state of Michigan and the big city of Detroit, where, by the way, there have been problems with corrupt elections and corrupt mayors for many, many years. He's going to connect us Uh, some of the people back to the earlier corruption to the 2020 election integrity issues in Detroit. So we're going to go to a quick commercial break. When we come back, my colleague Seamus Bruner joins us, and he's got two big bombshell exclusive stories on Just the News. You don't want to miss this. We'll be right back. Hey, folks, you know what? A small regret is slouching in the dentist chair thinking, I should have brushed and flossed better. A big health regret is listening to your doctor and thinking, I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. I have that regret a lot. Better health today and when it matters most is why I take Field of Greens. Field of Greens is unlike any fruit and vegetable or green product. Field of Greens isn't watered down extracts. Field of Greens is an organic superfood. It's whole fruits and vegetables. Each fruit and vegetable was selected by doctors to support vital body functions like heart, liver, kidneys, metabolism, and of course, your immune system. And only Field of Greens is backed by a better health promise. At your next checkup, your doctor will notice your improved health or you're going to get your money back. Don't look back and say, I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. Field of Greens is a key to better health today, right now, and when it matters most. Let's get you started with 15% off and free shipping. All you got to do is visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS at checkout. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. And as promised, uh, my very special colleague, Seamus Bruner, we've worked together on a lot of amazing things. Uh, the book Fallout, which uh, you're all familiar with, uh, but he continues to break really important story on the election front, on the Hunter Biden front, on the corruption front. And he had a big story leading our site this morning. So we invited him on to tell us about it. Uh, Seamus, welcome to the show. Hey, it's great to be with you, John. It Thanks is a, for having me. Well, it's a pleasure having you. We love when your byline's on Just the News. You're always breaking really meaningful stories. So, well, Hunter Biden, and um, uh, we, we about a month ago, we talked about this, about the Senate report by Johnson and Grassley uh, identified a $3.5 million transaction coming in from a Russian uh, oligarch uh, to one of the companies connected in the Hunter Biden sphere. And you did a really great job of going and tapping into some other new documents, documents that the Senate didn't have 
that reveal what was going on in that ecosphere. Tell us a little bit more what you found out about Yelena Batarina, the Russian uh, oligarch, and her efforts to get inside the Hunter Biden, Devin Archer orbit. Yeah, that's right. So the Senate report revealed that the $3.5 million came in February 2014. And so what we wanted to do was find when exactly this relationship with Yelena Batarina, the Russian oligarch, began with the Hunter Biden linked businesses. And so we, we traced it back. We have these uh, emails from one of Hunter Biden's business associates named Bevan Cooney. These are distinct from the New York Post Rudy Giuliani emails. They're distinct from the Tony Bobolinsky documents and messages. These are the Bevan Cooney emails. And so we searched through those Cooney emails for Batarina, uh, Yelena, Oligarch, all these things. And they, they often call her EB for Elena Batarina. But we found sure. that the relationship goes back to November 2013. Very so, interesting. Very so much I, earlier than we knew. Yes, yes. It's much earlier than we knew. And uh, we're, we're certain it's Elena Batarina. They're talking you know, very openly about how we're going to get her a bank account in the United States. It was, it was kind of a hard thing to do for a Russian oligarch. Um, there's a lot of questions over money laundering and, and whether you know this money is clean. Um, and, and those were some of the concerns they're talking about in the emails, whether it's KYC rules, which is know your customer, or AML regulations, anti-money laundering regulations. These were questions, and they actually found these, these Hunter Biden business associates that Yelena Batarina was on a watch list. It's not quite a sanctions list, although one of her entities was uh, at one point on a sanctions list. And so getting this oligarch's money into the United States was a top priority for her, and it was a top priority for Hunter Biden's business associates because it meant a windfall of cash into their various entities. Yeah, that's really important. And so first off, let's start with the source of documents. There's there's no doubt about the authenticity of these emails because they come from Bevan Cooney's team, from his uh, area, right? So we know these are authentic documents of a business associate who worked directly with Hunter Biden and his longtime buddy, Devin Archer, correct? Yeah, that's right. Bevan Cooney, who he's he's currently in prison right now for a scheme called the, the tribal bond scheme that, that tied up uh, Devin Archer. And there's some reporting saying that Hunter Biden, his name was invoked in connection to this deal. Bevan Cooney's in prison and he started seeing media reports trickle in from time to time about how you know Biden and uh, is getting close to the presidency. And so he just thought, I can't stay silent anymore about the stuff I know about these guys. So he reached out through uh, an intermediary, Matt Tiermond is on the, uh, the byline with me, and he gave us his credentials. So these are not screenshots, these are not uh, you know hearsay or anything these like that. These are actual emails. Credentials. These are, yeah, you log in just like you would log into any other account, a Gmail account. And you can go right through his sent folder. He's got all these other folders. And uh, so, no, these are 100% authentic. Remarkable. And so we, that, we sometimes we have to remind people that Devin, uh, Hunter Biden was in business with a group of people. Many have gone to prison. Devin Cooney's among them. Devin Archer is awaiting sentencing after being convicted. He appealed his conviction. He got it set aside. Now it's been reinstated. But uh, Hunter Biden during this time frame was in business with, with a group of people who ultimately got into a lot of legal trouble except for Hunter Biden. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. And that's that's really what's the driving force behind it. And it, Bevan Cooney is just one of many now. We've yep. got Tony Bobolinsky. They're, they're all feeling like they got left out in the cold. They may have been thrown under the bus. 
and and that's certainly Bevin Cooney. Uh, Jason Galanis is another business right. and his father, right, he John? Mentioned in the piece, uh, some some of his friends and family have reached out saying that he has a lot more to to potentially say on this, or maybe more documents. Um, so there's a lot of Hunter Biden business associates, former business associates, coming out of the woodwork to tell their version of events. Boy, it's a, that's a dramatic development and an important development. So the, uh, the time frame here is very important because it's around the end of 2013 when Hunter Biden gets kicked out of the Navy Reserves. And so he's looking to get back into the business world, I guess. Um, and there's a lot of instability in the Russia-Ukraine world at this moment. Um, the Americans are trying to get a Russian-backed president out of Ukraine, although he's popular elected, a guy named Yanukovych. That's about the time in November when all the Yanukovych pressure builds. Um, and then uh, this oligarch is reaching out to Hunter Biden's sort of circle of friends looking to get a bank account established in America. Now, for two years, she's been under notice of being investigated for alleged corruption in Russia, correct? So she flees to or leaves Russia and goes to London. For two years, there are these stories circulating that she has a investigation about her in Russia. Now she's looking to set up an American bank account, uh, and she approaches this group right around the November 2013 timeframe, which is right around the time Russia is getting worried that the United States is going to jettison their favorite president in Ukraine. And then over three months, uh, that plays out, right? They, um, Yanukovych is thrown out of power in Ukraine in a U.S.-backed effort uh, known as the Maidan Revolution. And then uh, uh, they finally get the bank account for um, Batarina set up uh, by these guys, um, by Hunter Biden's friends. And um, a few days after that, after the money changes hands, Russia invades the Crimean region of Ukraine, which by, the, by this time is Joe Biden's responsibility. So Joe Biden's son is in a circle of friends who've just set up money for a Russian oligarch uh, when uh, Putin decides to go into Crimea, which puts it right in the forefront of Joe Biden's foreign policy uh, responsibilities. Have you made anything of the timing? Is there anything about the geopolitical timing of this that makes you or others that you've talked to suspicious about it? Yeah, no, that's a very good question, John. And, and as we laid out in Fallout, um, the first three years of the Obama-Biden uh, administration was all about uh, giveaways to Putin, and we had this Russian reset. And so, it, you know, the the Democrats in power apparently had no issues with taking large amounts of money from Russian and Putin-connected entities. You saw that with the Bill Clinton five hundred thousand dollar payday in Moscow. So when they're like before early twenty fourteen, there's no issues among Democrats with taking money from Russians. In fact, uh, Batarina is just one of several Russians that Hunter Biden's business associates were courting. There's another one named Mikhail Gutseriev. Right. Um, and that and that actually in these emails we've looked at goes back to even 2012. So it's it's just like what we said in Fallout. There was no problem taking money from Russians in 2012 and even up till late 2014. And then you have this Maidan revolution and the overthrow of the Ukrainian government. And that's right when Hunter Biden gets into Ukraine with Devin Archer working for Burisma. So right. it tracks exactly with the timeline we've laid out in Fallout. And, uh, you know, these in the emails, they kind of talk like uh, 
frat boys talking about you know sleep if you have to sleep with the russian oligarch do it for the team and she's so that was the most colorful cop right sofa yeah um they they they, they're very happy to get a quote ruski they you know it's like we've got a we've got a ruski on the line right right um so they they have no problems taking money from russians and then once the uh, revolution takes place and hunter biden's in ukraine there's not a whole lot of talk about picking up any more Ruskies. Now they've moved on to the Ukrainians. Right. And uh, and the oligarch Zolchevsky and his, and his company, Burisma Holdings. So they're um, they're looking exactly. for fast cash anyway. It is now Hunter Biden's lawyer has uh, gone out of his way to say that this three point five million dollars went to a entity called Rosemont Seneca Technologies that wasn't. Um, controlled by Hunter Biden. And that so he's tried to make the argument that the Senate shouldn't have mentioned this in connection with Hunter Biden because Hunter Biden uh, wasn't in control or owned a part of Rosemont Seneca Technologies. What can you say about what the lawyer has said? And what did you find out about the entities that are involved in this? Because there's not only Rosemont Seneca te- um, Technology, there is also a thing called Burnham Group, right? That was uh, theoretically interested in making this transaction happen. Right, right. So the so the attorney's language, the attorney for Hunter Biden's language is very careful. He says that Hunter Biden is not a co-founder and uh, was not a kind of a stakeholder in the entity identified by Ron Johnson's report. Right. He does not say that Hunter Biden has nothing to knows nothing about this entity or has never been I mean, has never been paid by the entity. There's a lot of things, a lot of relationships with this entity Hunter Biden could have had. And here's what we know about the entity in question, Rosemont Seneca Thornton. It is absolutely in the Biden orbit. Uh, the Thornton Group, this was a, the firm linked to Whitey Bulger's nephew, right. uh, James Bulger. Uh, Thornton Group seems to have partnered with Rosemont Seneca. It's Rosemont Seneca Partners is Hunter Biden's firm, which had Chris Hines and Devin Archer. Uh, the Thornton Group is James Bolger's firm. And so when they partnered together to put together uh, Bohai Harvest, Bohai Harvest was the China entity that had lots of money coming in from state-owned sources um, that's been certainly uh, linked to Hunter Biden. There's, I guess, taking a step back, there are dozens of entities that seemingly have no apparent purpose other than, than to act as either a kind of a pass-through entity or a shell corporation of some kind to facilitate payments. So I would say about Hunter Biden's lawyer's statement, there's a whole lot of relationships that are not covered by not being a co-founder. Um, we know that our, Rosemont Seneca Thornton was a founding shareholder in the Bohai Harvest Venture, and it's absolutely in the Biden orbit. Now, who was on the receiving end of the $3.5 million? That has not been made clear by anybody really uh it's we just know that the entity got that money it could have been paid out in any number of ways to any number of people including hunter biden yeah once it gets into this conglomerate of different companies you see as you mentioned rosemont seneca thornton is now uh giving or or, uh, part of the investment structure of the china uh uh, bohai harvest which we know hunter biden was involved in that's why he went on his father's air force two plane in december of 2013 to, to go to beijing um, did you ever find any emails or correspondence that suggested that Hunter Biden was aware that his colleagues, you know, Devin Archer, Devin Cooney, uh, Bevin Cooney, and the others, were involved in pursuing Yelena Baderina? Yes. Uh, these. So again, there's several different buckets and batches of emails. We've got the Bevin Cooney 
Um, Hunter Biden's name is purposefully left out of the vast majority of the Cooney correspondences. Um, it's very clear that Devin Archer is kind of the the right hand man of, of Hunter Biden. He says, I'll relay this. The alter ego, right? Et cetera. Yeah. Now, with the with the Rudy Giuliani uh, New York Post emails that came from, you know, purportedly came from Hunter Biden's laptop, we have been able to go through those emails um, and we are in the process of authenticating them. It takes it takes a little more time to call up the other people on the email chains. But in those emails from purportedly from Hunter Biden's laptop, there are many references to Elena Batterina. Hunter Biden is talking about setting up a table at a gala event. Um, and it's and we're certain that it's Elena Batterina because Hunter Biden says uh, we can get a seat for Mayor Luchkov. This is before That's her the husband. mayor of Moscow right. passed away. So once we authenticate those emails, and they look authentic, because I will say I've been able to line up many emails that are in the Hunter Biden laptop folder with the Bevan Cooney folder. So any email in Bevan Cooney's Gmail box that we know are certainly authentic that has Hunter Biden on it, I am able to go to the Hunter Biden folder and, and find see the that same that email one. does exist. So it yeah. would be an extremely elaborate, almost impossible effort to kind of spoof or hoax these emails into the Hunter Biden folder. Great point. Um, it just would take too. It would take too long, and and uh, so it's 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 uh, it's looking more and more damning. So if the if the laptop emails that Rudy Giuliani recovered from the um, computer repair shop are authentic, then it is clear from those emails that Hunter Biden knew that his business partners were soliciting or trying to get into business with Elena Batarina, which is an important, you know, part of the puzzle. The, uh, the other exactly. important part of the, uh, the puzzle is that we know from that Hunter Biden was uh, first describe Burnham group and Hunter Biden's role in Burnham group. Yeah. Burnham, Burnham asset management <coughs> is uh, it was run by John Burnham. It's a long, it's a, it's a very old wall street firm. It had a lot of, uh, um, you know, cachet and uh, was well respected. Um, Hunter Biden is listed on at least one PowerPoint presentation as a vice chairman of one of Burnham's entities. There's there's a whole host of Burnham Securities and and Burnham you know under the Burnham Asset Management umbrella, Burnham Financial Group. Right. Um, and so we see like when they're talking about getting deals for Burnham, Hunter Biden is absolutely listed as a executive and or board director of at least one Burnham entity. And through the Bevin Cooney emails, it's clear they call it the roll up. They want right. to start many of these ventures and then roll them up into Burnham asset management. Um, and, and so that's what many of these deals, including the tribal bonds deal, um, in, in fact, in one of Burnham's uh, documents that was released as part of that tribal bond trial, Devin Archer, it's it's an internal corporate record. Yeah, um, they had no reason to lie. Four minutes, right? And, and you've reported on this at Just the News. There's this document that shows Hunter or uh, Devin Archer saying Elena Batterina funneled at least two hundred million dollars. So it's a lot wow. more than the three point five million dollars identified by Ron Johnson's report. It could be as high as two hundred million dollars that were going into these various entities. Now we're not sure which entities. He only says various. Um, and there are many entities, but nonetheless, it's it's right from Devin Archer's own mouth that uh, Elena Batterina's money went into the Burnham umbrella. That's fantastic. It, just to get the sense of the scope, you know, uh, we we see these isolation 
these stories come out, particularly about Hunter Biden, they come out in isolation one by one episodically, and then you have to kind of step back and remember, well, this whole relationship with Elena Batterina may be worth $200 million. We see the first transaction come in at $3.5 million after they get her what she wants, which is a U.S. bank account. And it's all in a very important timetable where the Joe Biden policy responsibilities for Russia and Ukraine are intensifying because Russia is worried about the end of the reboot uh, because it, uh, things have become hostile between the Obama-Biden administration and Russia. Then uh, the Americans throw out the Russians' favorite president in Ukraine, and then uh, the Ukrainian uh, uh, di- uh, diaspora begins. They, they start a revolution, and then not shortly after the revolution, Russia returns the hostility by going into Crimean region of Ukraine. So the, the appearance issue, which is something that State Departments have, uh, State Department officials now talked about repeatedly, the appearance issue is very intense. Uh, it's the, Hunter Biden is getting entangled with both Russians and Ukrainians right at the moment when the Russian-Ukrainian portfolio becomes eminently more important and eminently more complicated for Joe Biden. And I think that's why we have to keep our eye on the ball here. Joe Biden is the guy with a portfolio and an obligation to avoid a conflict of interest, and his son is cashing in in the um, shadows of that very intensifying foreign policy portfolio. Um, great work. When you look at this, um, the Morgan Stanley um, uh, portfolio, which is where a lot of the accounts that Hunter Biden, Devin Archer, Bevan Cooney, and others were having their business done, lots of different companies all there. I have reported, uh, separate of you, that there is a whistleblower that's come out of the Morgan Stanley uh, woodwork and has filed a whistleblower complaint with the IRS and the um, uh, SEC, Securities and Exchange Commission, uh, saying he saw some unusual things about these accounts. Uh, where do you go next? Is there any other high-profile people that are in the Bevan Cooney, Devin Archer, Hunter Biden orbit at Morgan Stanley that you're taking a look at right now? Yes. So, so Jason Galanis is the uh, the other major business associate of Hunter Biden's who is currently incarcerated, and uh, we've we've come across documents from the trial um, stating that the Gutseriev connection, Mikhail Gutseriev actually led to maybe possibly tens of millions of dollars that is yet to be identified. Um, Jason Galanis and his father, John Galanis, both involved in, in many of these right. um, operations with Devin Archer, have have uh, several documents that have been really interesting to show there's possibly a lot more mush, uh, Russian money going into the Devin Archer, Hunter Biden kind of web of corporations. And so disentangling all of that, getting really to the bottom of the Russian oligarch money trail is is a top priority you know you and, and peter schweitzer have done such great work on the ukraine stuff i think there's a lot more to come out on that i know you've got some big foyers coming yeah um absolutely. So, so we're really going to get to the bottom of the russia ukraine money and also the china money there's a there's a whole lot more china money to be to be fleshed out and in talks of hundred thousand dollar shopping trips i think that ron johnson report combined with your reporting and schweitzer's reporting and our reporting in the past um, it really needs to be fully put together um, to to really show this picture of foreign money influencing the Biden enterprise. It's it's really shocking stuff, and I don't think it's going to go away. Yeah, no, I don't think it goes away whether he wins or uh, takes the White House on January 20th or not. Um, uh, want to pivot to one other question. I know you got to go quickly. I wanted to get one more. You had another really important story on Friday on Just the News on a different uh, subject that we're all very concerned about, the hanging election. 
And in that, we right. now know that there's a woman named Jesse Jacob who has given a sworn affidavit, city worker, civil servant, 30 years plus in the, in the city of government of Detroit, who said, I, I witnessed um, uh, ballots being backdated uh, the night of in the morning after the election to make them look like they were legal ballots, even though they came in late. You found out something about the muscle, the workers uh, that were in Detroit operating that election center when she says this alleged behavior is occurring. Tell us what you found about the connections of the temporary employees at the Detroit election center and a very prominent uh, Detroit uh, political figure. Yeah, that, that is right. So we were looking into Dominion voting systems and the contracts they received from the city of Detroit. And, and when we came across a, a document talking about Dominion, we saw another entity we had never heard of. It's called Pi Management LLC. The Pi stands for Phillips Investment Enterprises, and it's a man named William Phillips. Now, he yeah. used to be uh, the basically the treasurer for uh, ex-mayor Kwame Kilpatrick. Some people may have heard that name Other for others who haven't. Kwame Kilpatrick was probably one of the most corrupt mayors in any city's history, but also Detroit, which, which says a lot. Kwame Kilpatrick is currently serving a 28-year sentence. He yeah. may be up for release soon. But going back to the Detroit voting systems, this Pi Management LLC was given a contract, an over $1 million contract, to hire 2,000 poll workers. So these are the people you see in the yellow vests feeding the ballots into the Dominion voting systems machines. What was really interesting to us is we looked into Pi Management LLC. They don't have a whole lot of business, but the business they do have is very politically connected. It's a lot of contracts from the city. And again, William Phillips was the treasurer for multiple entities tied to Kwame Kilpatrick, his, his various political action committees. His he name came a up a lot during the, tr uh, the court cases, right? It, it wasn't like he was a secret people. He wasn't charged. Oh, no. oh but, yeah. He was, he was all over the court documents. He was all throughout people's testimony saying that this was the man who was signing off on the contracts that led uh, Kwame Kilpatrick to head to prison. I mean, a lot of people thought that William Phillips could be indicted. He uh, uh, was never formally accused of any wrongdoing, right. but his name came up throughout the trial and, and these entities that he was overseeing, they were funding lavish vacations, private jet charters uh, for the mayor of Detroit while he was mayor of Detroit. Um, and, and one thing we also noticed is the 2005 election of Kwame Kilpatrick uh, it had a lot of hallmarks similar to this recent November 3rd election. Uh, everybody went to bed that night in 2005 thinking that Kwame Kilpatrick's opponent had won. And then the next day, all these absentee ballots had rolled in overnight um, and, and been counted and, and magically flipped the, the race for Kwame Kilpatrick. So he went on to serve a couple more years before he was indicted and right. under investigation by the FBI. Because yeah, it looked like he had lost but, on election night. Exactly, exactly. Everybody thought the uh, opponent had won, and the opponent, a man named Freeman Hendricks, accused Kwame Kilpatrick of massive voter fraud. Yeah. And this is a, a fellow Democrat in Detroit, so right. he, he knows Detroit, he knows the machines there, um, and, and he, he was raising uh, red flags. The FBI actually went in in a different race in Detroit in 2005, and they seized tens of thousands of absentee ballots under suspicion of voter fraud. Um, so Detroit's had a cloud of, of voter fraud and election irregularities dating back decades, really.
It's remarkable, and I have a funny feeling uh, it, we ain't done with looking at uh, Detroit anytime soon in this election, the 2020 election as well. Uh, Seamus, we are so lucky, the work you do. You're, you're such a great digger, a great reporter. You're fair, you're accurate. And one of the great things is whenever you write a story in the digging tool of justthenews.com, you can see all of the substantiating documents that, uh, that Seamus has dug up to make his story. You don't have to take our word for it. You can read the story, then you can read the documents yourself, make up your own mind. We're proud of that, and we're so proud that Seamus gets to write for us and does such amazing work. And um, these two stories are just monumental. If you haven't had a chance, go to justthenews.com and check them out. So what do you think's next? Where, where do you go next, Seamus? Where do you stick your shovel next? Well, we're, it's kind of a two, two-track two path. We're going to keep looking into these uh, Dominion voting systems. I think looking into the contractors like this Pie Management LLC, right. they need a lot more attention in cities like Philadelphia and Atlanta and, and all of these other states where it was just a handful of cities that overnight found hundreds of thousands of ballots marked exclusively for Joe Biden. We need to know who were the people working those machines, who was working the graveyard shift. Right. As we wrote, as, as we, as I wrote in that piece on uh, pie management uh, on, in the Detroit situation, the graveyard shift was paid substantially more, almost 30 bucks an hour more uh, for working the overnight shift. And then we're told the next day that everybody went home to bed. Well, uh, it does, that does not appear to be the case. So we're going to look into the contractors. And then the second track we're taking is we're going to follow up on this Ron Johnson report. We're going to get to the bottom of all of the Russian money, the Ukrainian money, and the Chinese money. Well, that's an excellent place to be doing some investigative reporting. And again, thank you for all you do, Seamus. You're an amazing talent. We're so lucky to have you uh, writing for Just the News when you can. And um, these are these are two important stories. So we'll be in touch. I'm sure we'll have you back on the show real soon. All right. Thank you so much, John. Talk to you soon. You too. All right, folks. We'll come back in a few seconds to wrap things up. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports. We thank you for listening and hearing us out on a Monday when we don't normally uh, broadcast, but we're glad we did. Uh, Seamus does some amazing work. We're so lucky to have him tomorrow. We're going to have an interesting guest. We have a columnist joining us from the Nevada Las Vegas newspaper who managed to get eight separate absentee ballot uh, packets sent with the same signature in election officials in Nevada. Didn't notice it. 
How about that? And they say we don't have any integrity issues in an election. Everything ran fine. Everything is great. I don't think after you hear this story tomorrow, you're going to feel the same way. I know you don't feel the same way after all the reporting we've done about Detroit and Wisconsin and Michigan and um, uh, Georgia. But uh, this is an important one. We're going to talk to this great columnist who who did this test to see if it was really true, uh, whether you could register multiple times to vote. It appears he succeeded, and we're going to bring him on board to show us the whole gig. That'll be tomorrow. Uh, until then, have a great night, and make sure you check out justthenews.com, particularly Seamus Bruner's two great stories. We'll talk to you tomorrow.